Welcome to the Women with Fire podcast. I am Michelle Gifford. I am Sarah Allred. God is calling women around the world to stand up and make a difference. We call this your quest. God needs you. Learn from other women who are navigating their own quests. And through this podcast, light that fire as you embark upon your own. Let's do this. Hey, you guys, and welcome to another episode of the Women With Fire podcast. You are with Michelle and Sarah. Thursday, it's quest day. Quest day is the best day. And we are talking about your quest. And today we're talking about your Abrahamic quest. What does that mean? Well, I'm going to tell you. And if you've never heard of the quest, please go back and listen to episode 48. It will catch you up. But this is going to be a good day. It's just get ready, you guys, because when we told you that we were going to be talking about covenants, we were serious. <laughs> serious, serious. <laughs> like real serious. <laughs> um, because I think that there is, um, I don't know, a mindset barrier between like really diving into the doctrine of what covenants are. And we say the Abrahamic covenant a lot, but do we really know what that means? And oh my word, how does it even apply to my life right now? How? I don't know. I don't know. Tell me. Just kidding. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> we're going to be talking about that today because, and we're also going to be talking about how it applies to your quest. It's going to be good, right, Sarah? I love this. I love this. And starting with the Abrahamic covenant, a little intimidating for me, I must say, like this took some serious prep. Which is good. We Which both were like, we need to be doctrinally sound. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We didn't want this to be foo-foo, fluff, fluff, whatever. We wanted this to like have a real takeaway. And it's been a pretty neat experience to read about it, hear about the history about it and how it applies to so many people, but also like how it does impact the day to day. I think that that is just the coolest. And I have to say that you have come up with a connection to the quest here as through your studying that I feel like blew my mind when I read the quote you're going to share. So let's connect the quest to this. Yeah, let's do it first because I want to convince you first that this is important and it applies to you. And this isn't just me and Sarah reading from Deuteronomy. <laughs> <laughs> Keep the commandments. That's Keep the commandments. <laughs> That's in Deuteronomy. Um, so we're, we want this to be vibrant and alive and it applied to you and your quest. And you know, we feel passionate about your quest. Um, so I'm going to read you a. Um, I'm going to read you a quote from John A. Woodstow. Okay. In our pre-existent state in the day of the great council, we made a certain agreement with the almighty. Sounds like a covenant. The Lord proposed a plan conceived by him. We accepted it. Since the plan is intended for all men or mankind, we become parties to the salvation of every person under the plan. We agreed right then and there to be not only saviors for ourselves, but measurably saviors for the whole human family. We went into a partnership with the Lord. The working out of the plan became then not merely the Father's work and Savior's work, but also our work. The least of us, the humblest, is in partnership with the Almighty in achieving the purpose of the eternal plan of salvation. What? <laughs> so good. John A. Whitstow is not just a building at BYU campus. He is a genius. Um, so... I, this quote really embodies the Abrahamic covenant to me because we're going to talk about the ins and outs of what the Abrahamic covenant is. And, but the reality is, is it's the gospel and bringing the gospel to the whole world. And so this quote 
sums up that our, we have already made a covenant with God in the pre-earth life. We're here. We accepted his plan. And so this is your evidence that you made this covenant, right? And you promised that you would come down to earth and that you would be saviors on Mount Zion, that you would be saviors of men. And how do you do that? Well, we believe that this is your quest. Welcome to your quest, my friends, that you have to work this out yourself. Every quest is going to be different because every person has a unique vantage point on this battlefront, right? Some people are fighting in the schools. Some are building businesses. Some are in their homes. Some are doing homeschooling. It doesn't really matter to me what you're doing, but if you have a clear purpose and a clear calling from God that usually doesn't come in a paper form, but more a feeling. Um, and maybe you've been to the temple and you feel inspired that you need to be doing something. That is your call. That's your call. And so when you act upon that call and it doesn't have to be perfect, but when you take action, you are fulfilling the covenant you made in the preexistence. And also you are fulfilling the Abrahamic covenant. There is something incredible that happens within people when they feel that they are part of something bigger. That may be something we take for granted a little bit in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I feel like I have that sometimes I forget like how big this is, how big this is that we claim to be this peculiar people that literally are going to save, be measurably saviors for the whole human family. What, what is this all about? We are part of something bigger. And I love the passages in the book of Mormon. When I read the book of Mormon with Macy last year, Macy is 10 as part of president Nelson's promise. We were sure to mark um, references to the savior. We were also sure to mark in a different color covenants or promises that had been fulfilled on the Lord's end. And it was incredible to be able to see this pattern that the Lord, the Lord is not fulfilling covenants like in one fail swoop, like bam, okay, it's all solved. And that may be the case in the millennium or something like that. But in all reality, it's been this incredible pattern over and over and over of promises and waiting and action and fulfillment just over and over and over again. The Book of Mormon is incredible. Um, these are real promises that are, that are going to be made. So the reality is the way that we enter into the Abrahamic covenant, and therefore you can feel energized about your incredible quest, is through baptism. Okay, It doesn't get more simple than that. You are baptized. You are then entered into the Abrahamic covenant. Now, the reason they call it the Abrahamic covenant is because it applies to his lineage. And you may say, oh, I got to go pull out ancestry. Am I connected? <laughs> Abraham, okay, it doesn't matter because there's this great thing um, about be, being able to be adopted into the covenant people, right? So you can relate to those covenant people because you have been adopt adopted in upon baptism. We're kind of all adopted in. It's pretty amazing. And little side note, it does make me think differently when I think about the quote you read from Woodstow about be but measurably saviors for the whole human family. And then I think about how we are adopted into a family and how at church we refer to each other as brother and sister, like it's this moment for me of like, I want pom-poms, like we're in this together. We're on the same team. Like we are responsible for one another to help the whole human family, including that sweet lady next to you in your ward. Like we are part of this. So whenever you call someone brother or sister in your daily life, let that trigger, you are living part of the Abrahamic covenant and you have an incredible power 
to help uplift and be part of that person's conversion and happiness. I think that also changes things, right? It changes how we look at people and it should change. And I think that that's the process that we're all trying to do, right? Is to be changed, to see people differently. And there's a quote, I'm not even going to pull it up, but you know, there's a quote by C.S. Lewis and it talks about like, if we were able to really see every person for who they are, that we would bow down to them. And then a quote by, from the All In podcast, I think it was McConkie. She interviewed McConkie. Dang it. I need a reference. We'll put it in. <laughs> Show notes. We'll put it in. McConkie talked about how if you could, if that quote from C.S. Lewis is like, hey, if you were able to like expand your view from just not just this mortal existence, then you were able to see people on the whole timeline. And that is pretty valuable. And so here we are in this, this time and it's so short and we have the opportunity to actually help people. So that should stop us from judging. It should stop us from like pulling people down and putting people down and maybe even gossiping because it doesn't really matter in the 8 million years scheme of things, right? So let's get into like what the Abrahamic covenant promises us, like what comes with the Abrahamic covenant, um, because the Abrahamic covenant starts with baptism and then it continues. Um, and then you're expected to enter in and then also do temple covenants, right? Which still bind families together. Um, but the Abrahamic covenant takes in, it promises that we're going to have the gospel promises of the priesthood promises of eternal life promise of, um, a land, right? Where the gospel can flourish. Um, so these are the basic promises of the gospel. Um, and then in Abraham two, nine through 11, I'm going to read this again. Okay. So this talks about the promise and this talks about where you fit into the promise. Okay. So this is God talking to Abraham about how the gospel is going to spread in the latter days. So again, Abraham two, nine through 11, and I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee above measure and make thy name great among all nations. And thou shalt be a blessing unto thy seed after thee that in their hands, they shall bear this ministry and priesthood unto all nations. Does that sound like kind of what's happening? And I will bless them through thy name for as many as receive the gospel or are baptized shall be called after thy name and shall be accounted thy seed and shall rise up and bless thee as their father. So they've been adopted in. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And in thee, that is in thy priesthood and in thy seed, that is thy priesthood. For I give unto thee a promise that this right shall continue in thee and in thy seed after thee, that it, that is to say the literal seed or the seed of the body shall all the families of the earth be blessed, even with the blessing of the gospel, which are the blessings of salvation, even of life eternal. I'm going to read that last sentence because I think that is the most important to us shall all the families of the earth be blessed, even with the blessings of the gospel, which are the blessings of salvation, even of life eternal. So I think it's interesting that we have these covenants. And if you look back to the history of when these covenants were given, they were given to Abram, right? And then when the covenant was given, he was given a new name, Abraham. And then Sarah was changed to Sariah, right? Um, but the interesting part of this is in this covenant, Abraham is, Abram, turn to Abraham, is given the promise that he will have, that have nations born unto him and his nation, like his lineage will, um, Christ will come to his lineage and he will have a lot of grandkids. He's going to have a big old family. But why is this interesting? Well, he's really old. 
he's like 99. That's what it says in the scriptures that he's 99. I think um, she is 90 something, but they're too old to have kids feasibly, right? But he's given this and the Lord says that his wife is going to have a baby. And then in um, Genesis 17, uh, 17, it says, then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed. And if you looked at what it really means, it says rejoiced and said in his heart, shall a child be born unto him that is an hundred years old and shall Sarah that is 90 years old bear. And so you have this moment, which I love, I love, love, love that this is something they prayed for forever, right? To have kids. And they've probably given up hope at this point. By 90, it's possible. <laughs> it's possible. I mean, um, and God says, hey, listen, I can make this happen. And I'm going to make this happen. And through this lineage, the world is going to be blessed. And Abraham could have actually laughed. <laughs> Instead, he rejoiced, I mean, because he's speaking with God, um, but he rejoiced and he had faith. And I mean, if you go on, right, Isaac is born and then he's going to have to sacrifice him. So he goes through all of this, all of this, and we won't get into that one right now, but he, he is promised this blessing. And because he held on to this covenant that the Lord promised him, he was able to take Isaac up into the Mount, ready to sacrifice and still have faith in God's covenants. That's a lot of faith in God's covenants. And Abraham, Abraham had it. And so this is pretty, pretty amazing. And now a short break for a word about our sponsor. Look, if you have kids, listen up. Trying to find ways to balance all of life's expectations and still find time to teach our kids in the home is wicked tough. I get it, I've got four kids of my own. Well, I have found a service to make this easy for you. It's a game changer, people. Come Follow Me FHE will take out all of the guesswork when implementing home-centered teaching with the Come Follow Me program. So Christians and members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints can have weekly access to lesson bundles that align exactly with the New Testament study for this year. The lessons are geared towards primary age kids and aim to make gospel learning purposeful, engaging, and dare I say, joyful and fun in your home. So serious, it is five bucks a month, people. Five bucks a month for all of this plan for you. Follow Come Follow Me FHE on Instagram at Come Follow Me FHE to catch weekly coaching on the materials. So just for us Women With Fire listeners, woo! We are offering you a free month to come follow me FHE. Use code WOMENWITHFIRE and it's good through the end of October 2019. All right, back to the podcast. It is amazing. And I love the pattern that is existing here and the part that you brought up saying like, okay, he's supposed to have this incredible seed that literally blesses the entire world that the Savior himself is going to come through and he is 90. Like, you kind of think, okay, this is me talking clearly. This is not the Lord talking to me because this is this is the impossible. And the reality is, if you look at the three main sections of the Abrahamic covenant, promise of the priesthood, promise of his seed, and then promise of a great nation or land, okay? In that pattern, there is always something there's always an obstacle and whoa, is this sounding like the quest? 
to this. Welcome to your quest. (laughs) And the cool thing is, and I'm just going to like lay this out, pretend like you have a chart in front of you and you can see um, how all these things relate of the pattern of what is happening here. And then we're going to drive it home for you and show you how this is you. This is us right now in how the Abrahamic covenant responds to us. So the covenant promise is the priesthood. Priesthood is is going to exist through his lineage. Great. Okay. And then the huge obstacle that comes in his way um, is certainly God's altar on Mount Moriah, right? When when he um, has been blessed with this incredible priesthood, supposedly, but is supposed to deliver his son as a sacrifice. And this is all through because sacrifice, priesthood, all these kinds of things are related in the temple, all those kinds of things. And he's willing to do it. And God intervenes and does what? sends an angel. Okay. So seemingly impossible. Like, why do I want this priesthood? Are you kidding me? If this is what it means, it's going to take my son. An angel is sent. Okay. Covenant promise with the seed. Okay. Sarah's barrenness. Like that's the obvious obstacle, right? This, that Michelle has talked so beautifully about. Okay. Well, he pled and pled and pled for intervention from the Lord and was willing to do whatever it took and had faith and hope and then eventually laughter and rejoiced when it happened. And God responded by sending a son, right? Cool. And then the land promise, okay? The land, this great nation that is supposed to be born. And all he's seen is the wickedness of Sodom and Gomorrah. How in the world is this original Israel, the great nation that's originally talked about, how is this going to happen? Impossible from what he's seen in front of him. So he seeks to create Zion in the land given him by God. He takes control of what he can control and aims to create this incredible Zion. And God sends more angels and Israel becomes a great nation. And then we can talk about America and all those kind of things. But you're seeing the pattern here. There's a covenant promise. There's an obstacle. Abraham, the quester, knows who he is and sticks to what he knows to be true with his covenants. And God intervenes to make all possible. That is the pattern. That is the pattern. And that is you. And I want to bring in one last historical thing. Because I think that this is a really cool thing that was brand new to me that made me realize that we need to give each other some grace at being at different stages in our quests and in our little pattern that here that we talked about with Abraham. And here is the reality. Do you realize that the two covenant promises given to Abraham were in relation to there being a great nation and that through that great nation, all the families of the earth would be blessed? Now that seems very overreaching and like obvious, like, oh, cool. There's a great nation and we're going to bless the world. The reality is as Israel was being created into a great nation, both covenants really were in serious tension to one another. In fact, they really couldn't coexist hardly ever at the same time. It was back and forth and back and forth. And let me tell you what I mean. In order for Israel to have become a great nation, they had to, at times, focus on them. They had to distance themselves from other nations to establish itself geographically, politically, and 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 create religious boundaries. Like they had to separate and distance itself from other nations. Okay. I want you to soak in the symbolism here. Soak it in people. Soak it in. Okay. So throughout its history, Israel was not always able to maintain this. Okay. Which always led to 
prophets coming in, repent, repent, and religious reform over and over and over by different leaders that showed up in the geographical area, okay? But there were also times, once Israel had fortified itself geographically, politically, and religiously, once they were in a strong position, Israel became a light that attracted the Gentiles to Jehovah and his teachings, okay? That is the second covenant. It's a battle back and forth. And you know what? Israel didn't stay that light forever, okay? Pride comes in, trauma comes in, all sorts of things come in, and these covenants bounce back and forth. So if you are someone who, just like me, is sitting on one end or the other, maybe you feel like, hey, it is my time to share light and to give, 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 and to um, share the word and to quest in this outward public way, go for it. Like, what, what, what a wonderful stage to be in. If you are the person that is honing in because you sense challenges in your own home and in your own realm, and you are trying to build your own great nation, go for it. What an important, fabulous place to be in. That is exactly how the Abrahamic covenant has been developing for centuries and centuries since it was promised to Abraham. This just lights me on fire as I realize that covenants are things that we are constantly moving back and forth between. And that by fortifying our own great nations, that's going to get you in a great position to bless all the families of the earth. But don't go to the families of the earth if your own great nation needs you. Needs you. Okay, Michelle, talk me down. I'm not talking you down. I'm saying, hallelujah, sister. <laughs> How cool is that though? That's <laughs> awesome. Because it is awesome. And it's and it goes back to the quote that we talked to at the first. Like you've got to figure out what your quest is right now. It does not matter. It does not matter what I'm doing or what Sarah's doing. It doesn't matter what Molly down the street is doing. I don't care. <laughs> the only <laughs> Sorry, Molly. <laughs> I mean, I love you, Molly. Um, <laughs> the only thing I really care about is, do you know how to receive revelation from God? If you do, then you can know and get assurance and get peace and get confidence and get power through the covenants he makes with you in how you decide to fulfill your covenants. Okay. So that is really why that, why does the Abrahamic covenant matter to you? I hope you feel a little bit better about it. Um, it's not this nebulous thing. It is a real living covenant. And that's what's so great about what Sarah is saying. And it's an amazing, it's amazing to look into um, the back and forth of it because covenants are for us and they're for our power, right? But our lives change. We change and our circumstances change and we have um, different trials and we have all of these things and our covenants are sure and they are there but we can draw upon different parts of our covenants when we need them. And so that you guys covenants are awesome. Are you saying yes to, are you guys excited about this as much? As we are? <laughs> it was like an enlightening week. I it's gotta say, awesome. cause yeah. I have to say, maybe you were in my boat prior to this week with the Abrahamic covenant. I was in your boat. <laughs> it was just super broad to me. I'm like the priesthood exists you know, Christ will come from his seed. All families will be blessed. Missionary, you know, it just seemed so big, so incredibly big to me. And yet the more that we've studied it and found 
these insights, it is as individual as it comes. And I think that's the power of everything, right? Is that it is so big and it's so broad and all encompassing, but we have an individual part in it. And we are required, we've already covenanted in the pre-earth life that we were going to say yes to this and that we were also going to say yes to our personal quests to help people and bring them to Christ. And this is those, like we've just said a million times, but they are as varied. The ways that we're able to do that is completely individual, just like God speaks to us individually. Ah, it's so awesome. It is so awesome. Uh, We hope that you are feeling more committed like we are to embracing and just loving and appreciating the existence of the Abraham covenant in our lives. I am so much more grateful today than I was seven days ago (laughs) for the promises that have been made for our, from our incredible Lord and savior. So thank you for joining us. We are so glad to have you here on this amazing quest day and you are making a difference, my friend. You are making a difference in your sphere, and we are so grateful to be able to be part of that and to cheer you on in a real fun digital way, but we are so grateful that you are listening and moving forward with the things that you feel inspired to do because you will bless the families of the earth and you will bless your own great nation. Thanks again so much for joining us on the Women With Fire podcast. You guys, that was a great episode, right? Well, do you want a little bit more or a lot more? Well, we have it for you. Head over to thewomenwithfire.com slash bonus, and you're going to find two bonus episodes that you can download that can literally get your soul on fire right now. So Sarah and I get asked to speak at places a lot, and we have two most requested topics, and we are tackling them and giving them right to your inbox. So Sarah's topic is Satan is at the Y, not at BYU, my friends. It is at the Y, and she dives in uh, and tells you how to get over the questions. Then you can pop over and listen to Michelle talk about like the things she's most fabulous at talking about, and that is God is speaking. Do you hear him? If you feel like revelation is sort of a tripping point for you, she has got some incredible ways that you can better hear the Lord in your everyday life. So these are bonus episodes. You can jump on right now at thewomenwithfire.com slash bonus. Download them right now, and there is more for you to enjoy. Thanks so much for joining us at the Women With Fire podcast.